Hello everyone, Chaplain Philip with you again. As you're probably aware, we're delving into the Apostle Paul's two letters to the Thessalonians in an eight-week series for our Sabbath teaching messages. I had the privilege of doing the overview this last Sabbath. I was struck by how much space Paul allotted to affirming the believers, expressing his pride in them, and then encouraging them not to get discouraged in the face of great hardship. As you know, I've spent my entire career as a caregiver. What I've been taught and what I've experienced is that people respond more positively to affirmation and encouragement than to criticism. Even if the criticism is truthful, necessary, and intended to be helpful, criticism by itself is a poor motivator. To see the Apostle Paul utilizing this counseling technique so effectively was quite revealing for me. As you read the book of Acts, it's hard to miss that Paul had a very powerful, driving personality. He had no problem with confrontation, standing up for what was right, or putting someone in their place when necessary. These are important skills for an evangelist and absolutely essential for establishing new churches in hostile territory. However, from a counselor's perspective, from my perspective, these characteristics can be hard to take if they're not softened by gentle, loving support, especially if people are weary, struggling, or confused. As I mentioned in my remarks last Sabbath, Paul's planting of the church in Thessalonica was during his second missionary journey. He was now a seasoned evangelist and an expert church planter. He'd traveled much, endured more, and from my point of view, he'd learned a great deal. His powerful personality was tempered by his experiences. He'd probably learned what worked and what didn't work while attempting to spread the gospel. He learned to utilize many other tools in his well-stocked toolbox, not just preaching or persuading others by intellectual argument. In Romans chapter 12, verse 8, Paul himself describes one of the gifts of the Spirit as the gift of encouragement. The NIV puts it this way, if you have this gift, if it is to encourage, then give encouragement. The Message Bible says it even better. It says, if you give encouraging guidance, be careful that you don't get bossy. I love that translation. Dealing with people from all walks of life requires a patient, gentle hand. Dr. Gary Chapman wrote the book, The Five Love Languages. It's been on the New York Times bestseller list since 2007. He defines the five ways that human beings feel loved and accepted as, number one, words of affirmation, number two, acts of service, number three, receiving gifts, number four, quality time, and finally, number five, physical touch. All of us have at least one of these love languages that motivates us. For me, it's words of affirmation. All Janelle has to do is tell me how great a job I've done on a project she's asked me to do, and the next thing you know, I'm building her a deck or repairing a cherished piece of furniture. Anything to hear her say, that's so beautiful. You've done a wonderful job, honey. For others, getting a surprise gift sends them over the moon. I could illustrate the value of all five love languages, but I think you get the idea. If you haven't read this book, I encourage you to get a copy. Familiarize yourself with what makes people feel loved and appreciated, 
and figure out what love languages your loved ones have. It could be very enlightening. I want to go back to the concept of criticism. Every human being makes mistakes, and hopefully we all learn from them. As parents, I'm sure you've had to discipline your children. But the term constructive criticism has a negative connotation. I've always found the term to be troublesome. Very few of us do it well, and it usually becomes a contradiction in terms. So, how do we gently correct behavior without discouraging, overwhelming, or creating resentment in the ones we want to help? I remember a professor explaining to us students how best to make this work. He likened constructive criticism to a sandwich having three components. Two pieces of bread and a slice of meat, or veggie meat, in the middle. To get the best results requires two statements of affirmation with an invitation to make a change placed in between. Paul did this quite effectively in the two letters to the Thessalonians. I encourage you to read his letters and underline the three elements. The great thing about this technique is it worked so well. Start off by making a positive statement about a person's job performance, an action taken, or a particular good behavior. Then. Gently describe an improvement that would be helpful for growth or better relations. Close off your comments by highlighting another positive that the individual you're interacting with has done or learned. Compare their reception using this method, method to just blurting out what you don't like or want changed. You may be surprised by how different the end result is. Jesus was especially gentle with the damaged, hurting souls that he was sent to redeem. To the woman that the Jews were about to stone for committing adultery, he said, Woman, where are your accusers? She answered, There are none, Lord. To which he replied, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Let's do more affirming, more gift-giving, more acts of service, more quality time, and more physical touch as we go about this world as ambassadors for Jesus. Believe me, there are so many hurting, frightened souls who need to see us as the hands and feet of Jesus, God's love with our skin on it. Give a listen to the song, Come to the Table, by the group Sidewalk Prophets. It'll help you sharpen up your affirming skills as you rub shoulders with others who are God's children, looking for their way home. Until next time, I'm Chaplain Philip, and as always, may God bless you today.